right. Uh, this morning, I want to talk <clears throat> a few minutes uh, about what I think can be one of the biggest things that Christians, uh, those of us in the Church of Christ, silently struggle with. Uh, and I've, I guess I've dubbed it the keep your fingers crossed mentality. Uh, and, and what I'm talking about is, is this idea of, of we go through our lives as Christians uh, with our fingers crossed, hoping that we're doing enough, uh, hoping that we're getting things right, hoping that God will save us. Uh, and again, I, I, I think of this as just walking around with our fingers crossed, hoping things are going to turn out good for us. And, and I think this is something that uh, you know I've found myself at times doing or thinking in that way or struggling uh, with and, and, and I hear other Christians talk about that sometimes you know and uh, again when when we do this as Christians I think we're really not having the proper attitude that we should have we're not having the right thoughts the right trust in God uh, that, that he's expecting us to have and so it's something we need to overcome and it's a mentality that we need to 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 change uh, and and develop the trust and confidence in God and in His salvation that that He wants us to have. And you know, I think when you think about uh, this idea of let me just keep my fingers crossed or I hope I'm getting it right, that's not really what we see in the New Testament among apostles, uh, among the, the the Christians. There, it's actually a far cry from that. We don't see this idea of they're hoping uh, that they're they're. Uh, saved. They're hoping that things are going to go uh, well for them at judgment. I, I feel like we see the opposite of that. We see uh, people who were confident in that, uh, who knew they had been living in a way that was pleasing to God. They had done the things that God wanted them to do and told them to do to be saved, and, and they had confidence in God's salvation. And so <clears throat> I think uh, this is something that's valuable for us to talk about. Uh, and think about and and uh, be sure that we have the proper mindset uh, pertaining to these things. Uh, oftentimes, uh, at least in my experience or, or the way I think about it, when we when we have this mentality of just keep our fingers crossed, who are we putting our trust in? A lot of times, when we do that, it's we're we're putting our trust in ourselves too much, right? Uh, we're not trusting in God. We're we're, we're relying solely upon ourselves and on, on what we're doing. Uh, and again, I don't think that's the picture that's painted uh, for Christians in the New Testament. And so <clears throat> I want to look at uh, a good many passages this morning that talk about that uh, and, and give us maybe shed some light on that. So what when we say confidence, when we say having confidence in our salvation or having confidence... Um, in uh, our hope of heaven or our judgment going like we want it to uh, after this life is over, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about, you know, we're assured of that. Uh, confidence is defined as a persuasion or an assurance. Uh, it's something that leads one to stand or to endure. Uh, and so you think about a Christian's walk in this life uh, and, and teachings about the need for endurance and this confidence is something that's essential. If we're going to have that endurance, uh, we're going to have to have that confidence. Um, you know, basically, 
what we're talking about is we, we're sure of our salvation and we live in a way that shows that. And, and <clears throat> you know, it's really supposed to be based, if you, if you look at all of the passages that we're going to look at, our confidence in reaching heaven should be based on one main thing, and that is uh, the belief that our God is a faithful God, right? Our God is one who can be trusted. He's one who always keeps his promises. He does what he says. Uh, and uh, again, that, that is what our confidence should rely upon. And we're going to kind of parse that out a little bit more uh, through the lesson. But if you look in, um, I'm just going to read several passages here. The first one being in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <coughs> Starting in uh, verse 4, again, all of these passages, we're going to look at it from a few different angles, I guess, but it says, For I know of nothing against myself, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 4, I'm sorry. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so here mainly in verses uh, 8 and 9, we see this idea of being confirmed to the end, uh, being blameless, and in verse 9 particularly, that God is faithful uh, by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son. And so this idea of the us serving a faithful God is, is really the foundational aspect of our confidence in our salvation. Uh, flip over to the book of Hebrews. This, you know, the book of Hebrews, really, if you get to looking at it, uh, it could really be said that it was written to to give the Hebrews confidence in their salvation through Jesus. And, and that's, you know, it's a confidence uh, compared to the law of Moses is, is what the Hebrew writer is trying to get across. But uh, if you look in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, it says, Therefore, Brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, uh, not forsaking the assembly. Uh, really, verse 23 is where I had to stop there. So, again, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You know, that's what I, I want us to realize is the foundational aspect of our confidence in our salvation is, is that we serve a faithful God. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 Starting in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. 
And by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were seen, which are seen, were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered a, to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was fi- not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so that verse 6, showing us uh, with those examples before and as you continue to read after that verse, showing us that our faith in God is, is one of the things that it takes to please him. If we don't have faith in him as a faithful God, if we don't have faith in him and his plan of salvation, then, you know, we will have no confidence at all uh, in our salvation. You know, our confidence will be founded in the wrong things. And so, you know, the message of Hebrews, if if you say Hebrews was written to give the Jews uh, some confidence in the salvation through Jesus, you know, the the message over and over again by the Hebrew writer is this message that God has proven Himself through time, right? It's example after an example of of Jewish history and and people in Jewish history who had been faithful to God. Stories about how God had always kept His promises throughout time to the Jewish people, uh, and and it's in there to show us and them uh, that. We serve a faithful God. We serve a God who keeps his promises uh, and that that should give us confidence like the Hebrew writer uh, says. You know, the apostles um, and especially Paul and and all the letters we have, just it really oozes confidence and salvation. When you read and, and you see the tone that he writes in, the things that he says about his salvation and about serving God. You see uh, uh, this, this concept and idea of, of confidence in salvation uh, really throughout his writings. If you look in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Starting in verse 2, it says, <clears throat> You yourselves are you are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so you know, here in this passage we can see Paul referring to himself and the other apostles as uh, being sufficient ministers, but we also see him saying that, that they have this trust through Christ towards God and that they realize that this doesn't come from themselves, that this is something that, that comes from God, it's something that's in God. You know, their trust is in Christ and in God uh, and, and not 
from themselves or anything that, that they have done to uh, warrant that salvation. If you look in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Again, this is Paul uh, realizing he's nearing the end of his life. And, and I just notice the tone. This is a very familiar passage, but notice what he says and notice the tone and think about it in light of what we're talking about, uh, about our confidence. It says, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who has loved his appearing. When you read that passage, do you, do you get the feeling that Paul is sitting there uh, in prison or, or wherever he's at, thinking he's about to die and sitting there with his fingers crossed, hoping he makes it to heaven? It's not the feeling you get when you read that. It, it's... It's a person who knows he's lived faithfully to God and who has all of his trust placed in God and, and in his salvation and in the promises that have been made to him. Uh, again, verse 8, Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. And, you know, Paul is just oozing confidence there that he's, he's going to get that reward that's promised to him. And... I think that that is oftentimes uh, something that we can be lacking at times in our life is this kind of confidence that we see uh, Paul having. <clears throat> why, when you read that, why why do you think Paul has that confidence? Is it uh, is it just because he knows he serves a faithful God? It's not just because of that, uh, but it is the foundational aspect. It's also in verse 7, he knows that he's done everything he can to live faithfully to God. And, and he realizes that God's promise is, that, you know, live faithfully to me and there's a reward at the end. And, you know, Paul, again, is putting those things uh, together in his mind and, and believing those things and, and acting upon them. Uh, again, Paul in Philippians... <clears throat> I think paints a really good picture for us. Um, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And I may have should have put this one before the last one. Um, but I think, I think this one uh, sheds some more light on what we're talking about. It says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay a hold for that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if anything, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So, again, Paul's description uh, of his self and of his mindset uh, really, I think, paints a good picture for us uh, of how he views 
uh, his faith in God and his trust in God as well as his obedience towards God and, and the things that he's been doing in his life. He, he says, you know, I don't count myself to have apprehended it. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to keep pressing on towards that goal and I'm going to not look back. I'm going to keep pressing towards that goal, have confidence in God. I'm going to do the things God uh, expects me to do and have trust in him that uh, he will keep his promises. Turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Okay, it says, <clears throat> To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory." So Paul's right there for a minute in verse 12. Uh, again, the, the, passage, the verses leading up to verse 12 are talking about what God has done through Christ. In verse 12, we see that we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Christ. And so, again, our, our faith or our belief in the promises and in, and in what God has told us He has done for us uh, is a foundational aspect of the confidence we're supposed to have. Uh, as you continue reading, uh, in verse 14 it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might through his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Again, Paul continuing that thought uh, in his letter there to the Ephesians. And, and what is he showing us that this confidence should give us as Christians? It should give us uh, the ability to be strengthened there in verse 16 uh, so that we can endure. Uh, but it also should give us uh, this peace there in verse 17 and 18. You know, when, when he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. You know, Paul's saying there that there's a peace that comes uh, in having the confidence that Christians are supposed to have. You know, this proper understanding of what God has done for us of God's plan of salvation, of our submission to Him uh, in, in uh, taking part in that plan and following that plan 
that, that gives us a peace and that gives us uh, a confidence that allows us to go uh, through this life uh, and, and endure the hardships that we have to endure. Now again, what, what is the importance of having confidence? Why would it even matter? You know, what would be wrong with us uh, just saying we're going to keep our fingers crossed and hope it turns out? You know, that's, uh, that's not really going to give us what we need. Uh, if that's our mentality, we'll never have the strength of endurance that we need to live faithfully to God. And, and I think that's why we see uh, this, this picture of confidence from the apostles and, and from the Christians in the, in the early church uh, because you have to have that confidence if you're going to live faithfully as a Christian uh, in this world. And what is a Christian's life referred to? It's a walk, uh, a race, a fight, a battle. It's told uh, that there's going to be persecutions, hardships, difficulties, you know, all things that are uh, not easy to go through. It's not a, a, a rosy, uh, painted picture for Christians. You know, it's, it's a picture that shows us, hey, it's going to be some difficulties involved with serving God. You're going to need perseverance. You're going to need endurance. Uh, and to have that, you're going to have to trust in God. Uh, you're going to have to realize uh, that your salvation is through him and his promises and, and following his will. So, you know, if, if we take these passages and say that, okay, I see that you have to have confidence as a Christian. Uh, what, what are some things that derail our confidence or can cause us to not have that confidence uh, that, that we're supposed to have? The New Testament shows us a lot of that. Uh, in Romans chapter 3, again, things, these are things that, that would derail our confidence in our salvation. Um, Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 27, says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of, what, <coughs> of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law, or is, he the, or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. As you continue into chapter 4, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? That Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. And so, you know, just to kind of get started on this idea of what can derail our confidence, you know, this is a passage that, and again, it's talking about the law of Moses. I understand that, but, but I really want to, you know, kind of think about this idea in verse 4. To him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. You know, the, the things that we do in our service to God, the, thing, the commandments that we follow, the, the works that we do, we can't place our confidence of our salvation in just the 
fact that we do those things. Our confidence has to be in God. Uh, it can't be in the works that we do. <clears throat> and, and again, we have to realize that, that doing the right things, following all the commandments, you know, that's all essential and important and required by God, but, but it's not something that we're doing to earn our salvation. It's not something that we're doing um, so that we can say, I've done everything God told me to do. Uh, now God is going to save me. We have to, to have the right mindset that our works are really just a debt that we owe. It's the service we're paying to God for what He has done for us. Look in Galatians chapter 5. Again, in, in talking about what can derail our confidence, um, and I think about it, I think about it this way. Our, our confidence in salvation is in God and in the promises He's made us. And I can throw that away. I can never earn that salvation, but I can throw that salvation away. Uh, that, that is, that's the way I kind of sort it out in my head. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You've become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. And so here we've got uh, Christians uh, trying to go back into Judaism uh, and, and Paul telling them, you know, these are people who, who had salvation and who are throwing it away, trying to go back into the wrong thing. Verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And so again, Paul's saying you had it. You had it in your hands. You were doing those things that were right. You had salvation, and now you're not doing it anymore. You're throwing it away. You're going to something that, that there is no uh, salvation in. Um. Verse 8, this persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole, the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So again, uh, we, I think we can see from these passages that, that uh, not obeying the truth is something that can hinder our confidence. If, if we're not doing uh, the, the things that God says to do, then we're throwing away that salvation and what, there is no confidence in, in our salvation at that point. We're, we're uh, basically uh, throwing it away. Hebrews chapter 3 uh, is another place where I think we can see this idea of, of having it and, and then losing it. And uh, The Israelites are put forth as an example of a people who did this. They had it, and they gave it up. And I'm going to look at why. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. 
While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. And so, again, I think here the Hebrew writers using the Israelites, the ones that saw the ten plagues, the ones that were delivered out of the Egyptian bondage, who crossed through the Red Sea and saw the Red Sea departed in front of them and then collapsed on the Egyptians behind them. You know, the people who had seen all that, they had been basically, uh, in that regard, they had had their salvation, right? Uh, The promised land was there. They were brought to the doors of the promised land, ready to go in and take it. And what happened? They didn't believe in God. All of a sudden, they didn't believe in His promises. They didn't believe He could deliver on what He had told them He could deliver on. And they, they hardened their hearts and they rebelled against God and would not you know, go forward doing those things that God had told them to do. And um, you know, ultimately, again, there was, there was no confidence in that for them. Uh, and, and they're put forth as an example of a people who had it and then let it go or lost it. Uh, again, this same story or this same example Paul puts forth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> so, if we, you know, we saw in Galatians, or really we saw in Romans, you know, trying to be justified uh, through the law. There's no confidence in that. In Galatians, we see that Again, the same thing can't be justified through the law. Not obeying the truth is something that can derail our confidence. Uh, in Hebrews, this unbelief or having hard hearts or disobedience, again, there's no confidence in that. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters as were some of them, As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all of these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you uh, may be able to bear it. So again, what, what is this example that Paul's telling the Corinthians uh, we've been given or that they have been given us, we've been given us the example again of the Israelite nation and, and how they had it. You know, they, they were God's people. 
Uh, they had these promises from God, and what did they do but not follow through with them? They, they didn't have confidence in those things. They didn't follow the things that God said. They rebelled against him and disobeyed him and threw that away. You know, they, they gave up the good thing that they had been given. Um, you know, from a, from a practical standpoint, if, if you take these examples and these passages we've just read about um, trying to be justified through our works, having unbelief, hard hearts, disobedience, Second uh, Peter, we won't take time to read that, but Second Peter chapter 3, uh, we see, again, people who had a lack of belief in God's promises about the judgment. Uh, and they they were forgetting about his promises, about uh, the, the punishment that would come for wickedness and the destruction of this world. Uh, if you put all that together and, and think about us today, from a tr- practical standpoint, what are some reasons that we as Christians today uh, would lack confidence? Uh, you know, I think one of the one of the things that happens to us is sometimes we let life get us down. Uh, we... Uh, we go through persecutions or tribulations, hardships in this life. Things are more difficult than we want them to be. Things don't go the way we expect them to go. And sometimes we may lose faith or lose confidence in God. And, and that's something we have to ward against and, and fight against uh, through prayer, uh, through reading His Word, uh, being strengthened through His Word, and, and through leaning upon your brethren. You know, you can overcome those things and you can... Maintain that confidence in God and in His promises and, and in our salvation. Uh, another thing that I think we can see from those passages is sometimes we simply may just not have the faith or belief that we should in God. We just simply are not trusting in Him like we should. And, and we have to strengthen our faith through reading about Him, uh, through living uh, pleasing to Him and, and, and acting out that faith daily. Uh, it will strengthen our confidence in God. Uh, and, and again, of course, is something we can pray and ask uh, for His help with. I think uh, one, of the, one of the other reasons, and maybe even uh, the more common reasons, that we may have this, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed mentality, is because we know that there's something in our lives that is not right or something about our hearts that is not right. We, we know that deep down inside. We know there's some things we are not doing that we should be doing or things we're doing that we should not be doing or, or even just something about our heart that we're not wholly devoted to God. And I think when we realize that about ourselves, uh, it can damage our confidence because we realize, hey, I'm not completely devoted to God like I'm supposed to be. Uh, and, and when we... <clears throat> When we do that, uh, we, we have to be of the mindset and have the heart that we're willing to change those things and, and correct those things and um, basically fix our heart and fix our actions to be uh, what God wants it to be. final verse that I had um, is in Hebrews chapter 10. You know, I've, I've said it several times, this idea, at least the way I view it in my head, is this idea of... of a Christian has salvation. You know, when, when we obey the gospel, we are saved. Our sins have been washed away. We have that salvation. Uh, and I, I think we have to 
to not throw it away. And, that, you know, that's what the Hebrew writer, again, I think is getting at uh, in, in Hebrews. But look in chapter 10, starting in verse 26, it says, For if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And so, you yeah, know, the, the Hebrew writer's exhortation or teaching there showing us that, that salvation is ours if we don't throw it away. If we don't sin willfully and reject God and turn on God and go against Him, then, you know, salvation is ours. But if we do do that, then what are we doing? We're trampling God's Son's blood underfoot. And that's not something that we would expect him to take lightly. Uh, it's not something that the Scripture shows us he takes lightly. And so it's something that we have to uh, be careful uh, not to do. And so that's, that's really, I'm over time already, that, that's really the main points I wanted to get across in thinking about our confidence. Um, we have to trust in God. The confidence has to be in Him not in our actions, not in ourselves, not in others, not in our brethren. Our confidence has to be in Him. Uh, and we must have a living faith, uh, like what we see described in James, a faith in God that, that leads us to serve Him, to submit to Him, to obey Him and honor Him uh, in the ways that He has told. And, and we believe in the promises that He's made us, uh, that if we submit to Him, if we... Uh, serve him with our whole heart if we love him and do those things he wants us to do then he promises us a home in heaven with him after this life and something we can count on if uh if you've never obeyed the gospel if you've never followed uh his plan of salvation if you've never uh believed his word realized uh your sin realized the consequences of your sin if you've never realized and confessed the the blessings that come through jesus as the christ and repented of the things you've done wrong and and made the decision to stop doing those things to turn from them and to serve god and and obeyed his word and being baptized with him uh being baptized for the remission of our sins in water then you know you really should have no confidence at all in your situation because you haven't done the things God has said to do. And so uh, our confidence begins with following those things that he's said to do and then it continues in understanding again the promises he's made us that lead us to serve him out of a heart of love. And we, we invite anyone who's uh, never obeyed the gospel and wishes to do that to let that be known. Uh, you may be here. Uh, and you have done that, and you realize that you're not as confident in your salvation as, as you're supposed to be because there's some things that are not right in your life. And if that's the case, then 
you know, we urge you to reflect upon that and think about that and, and, and realize the need for change, uh, to repent of those things and uh, turn back to God and start serving Him. And we certainly uh, are here for one another. We're certainly here to help uh, with anything like that and pray for one another and encourage one another in doing those things that are good and right in our Father's eyes. But if there's uh, anyone who has a need, we ask that you would let that be known as we stand and sing.